Season 2 of Hard to Believe is a proud part of the Cage Club Podcast Network. You can find this and other great shows at cageclub.me. The complete Season 1 archive is also available at hardtobelieve.me. This show is now available on YouTube. Just search Hard to Believe Podcast. You can email me at john at cageclub.me. We're on Facebook at Hard to Believe Podcast. And you can follow me on Twitter at ProbablyRealJB. That's P-R-O-B-A-B-L-Y-R-E-A-L-J-B. The show is written and produced by me. Hi, everyone. Before we start today, I want to ask a favor. If you enjoy the show and want to help it grow, we now have a Patreon. Just head over to patreon.com slash hardtobelieve. And if you join at the $5 level, you'll get some bonus content as well as a shout out on the show. If you can't afford it, I get it. That's fine. You can still support the show by heading over to iTunes and leaving a five-star rating and a review. It really helps us grow a lot. Thanks for your support. And thanks, as always, for listening. Over the course of the last year... A lot of specials about the QAnon phenomenon have graced our television screens. Some good, some a little absurd, most of them just fine. But they all seem to exist on a spectrum of ever-increasing intensity, each outshocking the last until they began to teeter on the edge of absurdity, which is why I approached Cullen Hobach's HBO docuseries Into the Storm with a healthy dose of skepticism. I've seen much of Hobach's work, and I think he's a fine filmmaker with important things to say, but I wasn't convinced that there was much room for a disciplined approach to covering Q. My concerns were happily unfounded. Hobach's series benefits from his laser focus on its subjects and his unwillingness to stray into some of the more absurd wild goose chases that lesser series have engaged in. As a work of storytelling, it's a masterpiece. But in the weeks after its finale aired, I found myself struggling with what to make of its major reveal, and whether or not that reveal means as much as we think it does, and whether it, too, is leading us into an ill-advised sense of security. So I had my colleague and frequent guest Teddy Smith watch it, and invited him to discuss some of its key insights with me. A disclaimer before we go on, in spite of my reservations over its implications, I highly suggest watching the series if you can. And it's only fair to warn you now that we'll be disclosing information here that may be considered spoilers. With that, let's talk about Q Into the Storm. I'm John Brooks, and this is Hard to Believe. I'm very excited to have Teddy Smith back on the show for the first time in season two. Uh, last time we heard from you, Teddy, we were talking about QAnon, which we're going to talk about again. Because <laughs> why not? It's always fun to yeah. talk about QAnon. Um, no, so you haven't been back since then. Uh, you've been you've been doing your own. You got your own little project going as well right now. Yeah, talk about that. Sure. Yeah, we're uh, so I know this might not be uh, something that people listeners of this podcast necessarily, you know, in, may not be intersecting, um, you know, things. But <laughs> you'd, be, yeah. you'd be surprised. You'd be surprised. Maybe. Yeah. So we have a, a little car review channel called the Valiant Effort. Um, little pun on the Plymouth Valiant there. But um, for you, you with the inside knowledge. But yeah, we've just we've been doing some car reviews. We've been looking at. Um, Doing some DIY stuff and actually potentially starting a podcast ourselves. Um, cool. So uh, yeah, it's been it's been a lot of fun. It's um, you know, it's hard to get <laughs> it's hard to get a lot of cars to review. You know, when you're just like <laughs> three guys who are just like, hey, um, can we can we borrow your car for like can six hours? Car? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so 
that's been fun but uh you know starting... i had the same problem with my mansion review uh podcast <laughs> i was doing i was like can i just use your mansion for a few few weeks and you know yeah. surprisingly just like not a lot of people who that would be an excellent that. scam to live in beautiful homes for <laughs> months on end mansion reviews i feel like that's that scam is what like restaurant critics are, you know? <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> how do I get free expensive food? <laughs> but then also people to like give a shit about what I say. Huh? Yeah. I, maybe I'll just ask if I can eat it for free and then write. It's weird. <laughs> like, how do you even get into that field? I, I have no idea. So what, what kind of cars have you, have you reviewed so far? Um, very, very mundane stuff, but uh, the approach that we're going for is sort of, um, you know, uh, geared towards the average consumer. We're all car enthusiasts, the three of us. So um, we know that our perspective is not quite the angle that most people are going to be uh, looking for. So we, we've done, you know, Chrysler Pacifica. We've done, uh, well, a Jeep Wrangler. It hasn't come out yet, but um, that's exciting. Well, no, Ford Edge, very like just boring stuff but you know it's the stuff people buy so it's like well, I might as well try to review that yeah um, that makes sense yeah you know um not to say that we wouldn't review a mclaren if somebody sent one over it's like hey you want to drive my 720 it's like uh yes absolutely <laughs> um but you know where we're where we are right now i think gearing it towards you know normal people who are like i just need something point a to point b um so <laughs> That's our, that's what we're what we're doing right now. But well, there there is some crossover with this show then because in our in our first uh, disinformation episode about the protocols, we talked about Henry Ford quite quite a bit. So. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yes, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anti-Semitism in the car business. That's, that's Oof. Yeah. yeah. I think even just calling him an anti-Semite is is uh, just doesn't do it justice. Uh, yeah, it's not enough <laughs> to the extent of like what a monster Henry Ford was. Yeah. But uh good cars sometimes i guess i don't know we had a ford Taurus when i was growing up and i had one of those oh, yeah. those like back seats that like where the trunk turned into a back seat yeah, like, yeah. face the back that when that was legal to like put kids in a seat like that and which <laughs> you would not be able to do anymore because you have no. to be in a car seat till you're like 30 now and and yeah. uh yeah it's a little but i love that man that was he so got great. one for 300 bucks uh, from our neighbor. We needed a car and they were like, well, here, here we got a 91 Taurus. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was, it was right like, around that time. Yeah. 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 It was it's a like good 80, 88 or something like that. But yeah. yeah, they came out in 86, I think. Taurus. That sounds it's, right. Okay. Yeah. 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 Good times. Ford so much 80s. fun. Yeah. yeah. My, my parents were like trying to decide between that and a Dodge Caravan. And mm. we were all like, no, you got to get the Taurus. We want the one where you can like sit in the trunk. And you can like look out the back the whole time. Brian Regan has a joke about those seats. He's he's like he's just got a bunch of kids sitting in the back going, hmm, I wonder what all these signs say. <laughs> That's a good point. You're just yeah. looking at people who are driving and you're you're locking eyes with other people on the road. It was very weird. We used to sit. That's back the weird sometimes. part. Yeah. Yeah. That's the weird part. It's like that if I was someone driving on the highway and like looking at kids staring out the back before doors. Yeah. <laughs> Hello there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's very strange. Uh, things were different. And kids made it worse ago. by being weird. So <laughs> Kids are always weird. All right. Yeah. Um, let's talk about this documentary series. Okay, so again, last time you were here, we 
talked for about two hours yeah. uh, about QAnon. And that episode, so there's a couple of things that in the interim uh, are kind of interesting as it pertains to that episode. I, I spent that time, there's a lot of ways that you can approach talking about Q. I spent that time sort of laying the historical groundwork for um, kind of how we got to where we were or are. Um, and, and less time on the nitty gritty of how the sort of um, conspiracy theory of Q, how the Q drops came into being in the first place. Cause yeah. that story is an important story. And it's what this story, this, this, uh, this series covers, but, you know, I, I decided to take those two hours and talk more about um, the, the sort of timeline of conspiracy theorists and how that sort of became part of a big mass that, that, that QAnon represents. I did say in that uh, episode, though, that I was convinced at that point that Q was the Watkins, um, mm. that it was that it was primarily Ron, but a combination of Jim and Ron Watkins, um, which is sort of where uh, the documentary takes us, right? Uh, yeah. it, it, it is, it is the, 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 he has more access to the Watkins than any person has had in the last 10 years. And it's, and it's pretty astonishing. Yeah. It was impressive what he was able to do. I mean, the fact that this documentary is happening over the course of three years is mm-hmm. kind of mind blowing that he did all of that and flew to all of those places. I mean, he, he kind of seems to think uh, based on what he says at the end, he's like, Oh, it took me to all these places. And I was like, you did something kind of incredible, man. You know, it's like, I don't, I don't, I wouldn't downplay that. Um, he's uh, yeah, it was, it was kind of shocking. So there's, there's an element of it. I think that he kind of ingratiated himself into their world and that mm. you get the sense throughout the, um, throughout the series that they think they're using him and, mm. and he is very, <laughs> very good. Like Colin's really good at, at playing them just as much as they're playing him by, yeah. by never kind of showing his hand, I think, or, or just sort of being very open about his objectives and not coming at it from a, are you Q right perspective? <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, which I, I'm not really quite sure who, who won in the end. I think there's a, there's kind of a stalemate, um at, at the end of it as to like who actually benefits from this we'll, we'll get to that later I, yeah. I i just want to start by you know when i first heard about this series and i i've i've known colin's work i i uh his work about he, he made a movie called um terms and conditions may apply which was about huh. the 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 way that sort of big tech um abuses privacy and uh and 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 sort of gets you to willingly hand over information and, and all that sort of thing. He, he's been, he's really very credible on this issue of, um, you know, where the first amendment begins and ends when it comes to technology and all that sort of thing. And, and um, he's given Ted talks and stuff. Like I knew, I knew his work. Um, I was only kind of concerned the way that HBO was presenting it in trailers mm-hmm. and advertisements and that sort of thing. It was going to be too, 
sensationalist, right? Which it isn't yeah. at all. I, I, I don't, I don't think that that's um, that that's the case at all. I was very uh, pleased with the way that um, it all it all sort of played out. But if you watch a lot of the the Q stuff that's been on like Vice News and that sort of thing over the last couple of years, it does tend to have that sensationalist angle. It it does sort of it, it sort of plays up the um, the, the the Q element and. I feel like that is also kind of damaging in, in yeah. some ways. So I was very impressed, like, with the way that Colin went about making this series, and um, and, I, and I do think the results are important. Um, but we'll get to that later on. All right. Yeah. So I, I told you to watch it. Um, you spent the last week watching it. I know you have uh, taken some notes along the way. So. Take it away. What are you? What are your thoughts? Um, well, so the the first thing that stuck out to me, and I and I love this phrase that all of these you know conspiracy theorists use. It kind of makes me laugh at this point because I know I think I've mentioned I mentioned it in the last uh, episode I was on that I I love to watch. There are a couple of guys um, on YouTube who run. I guess you'd call them debunking channels. There's a guy called Conspiracy Cats. There's a guy called Simon Dan. Um, And a lot of the people I watch tend to focus on flat earth, but they also do other things as well. Um, None of them I've seen have tackled Q. And I wonder if that's just because that's too involved and maybe a bit beyond what a singular YouTube video could even begin to get into. It could be something like that. Um, But the the thing that they all say is, oh, you just got to do your research. You just go and do some research and you'll you'll figure out the truth. And I'm like, ah, you know, kind of <laughs> kind of really takes that word and uh, crushes its meaning a bit because mm-hmm. what that means. And, and the, the first note I wrote uh, as I was watching this was research equals YouTube. It's <laughs> <laughs> so true because that's what they do. And when they even obviously they don't source any of these people um, for the most part. But when they do, they usually refer to refer you to some other guy's channel. It's, and that's not that's that's not research. That's just living in this weird. Here's an appropriate place for the term echo chamber, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah. And that that is just one of the I don't know. It 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 irks me because now I sometimes in class, you know, I'll be we'll be talking about what, whatever it is. And, you know, I'll say, well, you know, you guys can do some research. And I almost feel bad about saying that because what I, it's what I mean is not, hey, go watch some YouTube videos and uh, immediately believe what they say. You know, I, I mean, right. genuine right. research, you know, things that are sourced well. And right. Um, you know, it's it's hard because I think that, um, you know, with as many things are out there um and and there is disinformation out there i think that's that was kind of one of the themes that they they got into was that um there's so much so many true things online and so many things that are not true and so much in between and you know uh, it's a burden to decipher which is which which i i don't think a lot of people really want to take the time to to do that deciphering mm-hmm. and it leads to these you know sensationalist ideas about you know all kinds of things it's like well i don't like hillary so how um you know how open am i to the belief that she eats babies you know um well if you hate her you you might be willing to think that you know Um, yeah yeah 
So it, you know, it's just like, uh, you know, there's a, this is a kind of a very, um, you know, very simple analogy, but I had a, a teacher in high school. My brothers and I loved Latin teacher. Uh, and he was a jerk to my younger brother, but we were not willing to necessarily believe that right away. And the reverse is true with all this QAnon stuff. Hmm. Um, you know, and, and, and also just the same is true because, you know, look at the way that they look to Trump, you know, right, it doesn't right, matter right. what he has done. Right. Right. Matters what they think he's doing, which is right. crusade right. against right. pedophiles. You know, <laughs> yeah, like the the, the fanfic version of of yeah. Trump. It's it's true. I you know, there's one thing that I think a lot of people don't understand is you know, especially like when January sixth happened. And again, like if you listen mm-hmm. to our Q episode, right? I I I basically talked about that happening. I, I that that's that's why I did the episode. I was like, I'm worried yeah. about this sort of thing happening, and. In the aftermath of it, when I was talking to people about how I think they should interpret what was going on, is that I, I think the important thing to understand is that the reality that that, that um, all of those people are the, the majority of them, right? That the, the reality that they inhabit is not the same as your reality. The Trump that they're fighting yeah. for is not the same as the Trump that you, as a rational uh, observer of of, of <laughs> history, understand. It is a different. It is a character who has been created by the internet and by this yeah. this this sort of. Um, this echo chamber in this in this subculture that you don't understand. And one of the things I think is really great about about the documentary is he does a very good job of revealing that world and, and in a way that I think a lot of people have not been able to um, accurately represent. But but back to your original point about this idea of research, and I, I think this is really important as well. Um, again, like in my interview, when I talked to, to Daniel Clark about his movie about Flat Earthers, um, you know, it's the same thing. And, and he definitely blames YouTube for the majority of our problems in this society. And I don't yeah. think he's wrong because, um, you know, YouTube's whole algorithm of like amping it up a little bit each time with the with the autoplay feature yeah. um, just to keep you hooked and then get you deeper and deeper into the rabbit hole. Um, you know, I think that's that's relevant to to this whole thing. But Again, one of the reasons why I'm doing a series about Russian disinformation this year is because the Russians realized a long time ago that it doesn't like getting people to think something is not all that useful and it's not all that possible, right? It's it's a it, it's a real uphill battle to convince people of a certain point. So what the Russians have been doing for the last century as part of their um, intelligence agencies' uh, operations is to is to abolish fact, abolish objective reality. Mm. Um, You see echoes of this in Fox News, right? With this idea of there's always another side to an argument. And there isn't, right? right? Yeah, this Uh, other uh, angle that that somehow uh, abolishes the... Uh, you know, the people involved of, of any guilt or blame, it, it, you know, it, because that's not always true. People, people say that there's always another side, but there isn't always another right. side. That's they're, factually they're, incorrect. Exactly. Yeah. And, 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 and you're, you're presenting it as fairness. You're presenting it as doing hmm. the research as being objective, right? It, Fox in the, in the early 2000s, right? Fair and balanced was their company slogan. And it was the idea that 
the rest of the media tells you one thing because it's objectively true. And we're telling you this other angle and it's up for you to decide what's really true. And it's like, no, actually it's not. It's, it's, you're a journalist. It's, you're, you're supposed to decide what's true and tell me like, because that's your actual job, right? It's your job is not to say, well, on the other hand, here's this person who thinks the earth isn't round. Right. Um, (laughs) Yeah. And, and maybe you should decide, no, I, I shouldn't, I have other things to do. And, and I, and it seems altruistic. It's, it, it seems noble, right. But it's, it's not. And the, the whole, the whole realm of, uh, you just do the research. I just do the research, right? Research it and, and decide for yourself. Again, it sounds like you're actually doing something that's good, but it's yeah. based in the idea that there are alternatives to objective reality. And when I discover those alternatives, I somehow have, I'm, I've, I've ascended to a higher plane from you yeah. because I've done my and- research on YouTube. And that is that is one of the things that I, I noted while watching um, the documentary, and also something that I've noted over the last you know two years or so of kind of watching these uh, debunkers and the way that they deal with the, this type of community on YouTube. Um, there's this I, I almost, in a way, I almost sort of feel pity for them because they truly it seems like they desire to be part of something exclusive and special, kind of set apart from the rest of society. Maybe they have no place anywhere else or they feel that way. And so there, you know, there are a lot of people who seem to be, um, you know, attracted to this area of YouTube and, and, and even, you know, some of the mainstream news where they're, you know, like kind of, you know, like some of the stuff that um, some of those platforms that you mentioned put out. It's just like, you know, uh, I don't know. There's this alternate angle or this like secret message it makes them feel special and and it's i i do gen, genuinely pity them but it's i think that's where it's coming from um with a lot of these people i think also there are just some you know uh malicious crazy power hungry people kind of like the Watkins who are you right. know doing this with more self-awareness but um uh particularly that guy what was his name um he ran the first 8chan board with uh with Q, a bald guy, glasses. Paul Ferber. Paul Ferber, yeah. Yeah. I, I think he was one of those people. And he came close almost to admitting as much, but it seemed to still, that that didn't, he didn't connect the dots in his head that that was it. So I, I kind of think there's nothing more to it than that in a lot of these cases. And that's, that's kind of creepy too, because I think, it, you know, a lot of us are, desiring to be a part of something and right right yeah, um, yeah. especially during covid you know i mean we're we're alone we were alone and uh at home by ourselves a lot of people don't live with other people i mean mm-hmm. i lived with my cat so <laughs> you know i was lucky that i had some colleagues who lived in the same building that i could see um safely so it's well, just... i think what you're what you're what you're saying is is reinforced by the fact that QAnon was took off so much yeah. especially among like suburban moms uh right. during during um during covid because people needed to feel connected to something and needed to feel control and and q gives you control right q tells you that no no, no it's really simple right here's this cabal of mm. of 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 blood-sucking demons and <laughs> the answer to all of life's problems is really simple and and here's the evidence and now you're you're given secret knowledge i mean like this is very 
very straightforward, both kind of cult behavior and also um, and and also fundamentalist Christian behavior. Right. Which is which is also why people don't really understand, like, how can these like wellness culture liberal hippies um, be part of this because they it worships Trump as a god. And and the reason is because it's the same. It's the same mentality. The, the whole wellness alternative medicine culture, right, is based on this idea that like, oh, no, 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 like science is wrong. It's just poison. Like echinacea is the answer, right? Like that's, I have, right, you know, but that's that's it, right? I have yeah. I have the secret answer and, and that makes me, yeah. it sets me apart. It puts me on a higher plane. It gives yeah. me control and it gives me a sense of, um, of uh, importance and, and validity that I wouldn't have otherwise and when you look at fundamentalist christianity it's the same thing i'm i'm the elect i'm saved i'm i'm mm. i'm above everybody else and yes as it turns out the world is actually quite simple and it's divided into white hats and black hats it's good and evil and that gives a sense both of um community and also control right and 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 that is um such a part of like the tapestry that that creates this um this kind of q community right that's, that that um that, that it's just it's just simple it's just like this is yeah. it and 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 you don't have to worry about anything else and it's funny how sort of cinematic it all is too there's this drama where and this is the same in fundamentalist christianity there's this idea that something is coming i mean you know, cue into the storm. The whole idea of the storm itself right. is emblem. Right. You know, is representative of that. It's it's like mm-hmm. the J.J. Abrams mystery box. You know, absolutely. It's, no, yeah, for sure. It's look. It, it, cue is a is a real great success in storytelling, right? I, I it is. Um, it, it lays down all of the like the the plot points. It, it is. It's fan fiction. Yeah, it, it really is. It's turning the world into into fan fiction that. You know, Ron Watkins was was playing on people. Um, that that he created a LARP. He created basically an RPG um, mm. where he manipulated millions of people. Which is like, you know, that's a whole different. There's a whole different psychology going on there. Um, we'll we'll get back to that. I think a little bit later on. Um, all right, but let's let's get back to 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 your. Uh, your observations of, of, of the series. So yeah, I, the, the, the researchers, right. The sense of like, I'm, I know something you don't, and that makes me special. Um, and, and the appeal of that, I, I, I think again, like that, the series, um, illuminates that in a way that other Q series, I think have not been able to so far. Um, and I'm, I'm with you there. And I think that that shows exactly why all of these conspiracy theories, you know, the people who believe one are very, very, that they have this proclivity to believe all of the others. Um, because once you're in one, it's very easy. And, And there's something I think about, um, uh, maybe all conspiracy theories, or maybe not all of them, but I would say a, certainly a majority that um, lend this kind of you know specialness to you if you're a part of it. Um, and that's why we, you know, there's kind of been this interesting phenomenon with the uh, flat Earth community, which I guess I follow too deeply at this point. Um, <laughs> it's it's a little distressing, uh, yeah. but they have moved towards uh, a lot of them have stopped making flat earth videos or at least over the last I don't know, six to eight months give or take and have made you know j- hopped onto this plandemic 
um, wagon. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, it's I think it's because one, I think, you know, I think the steam for that little niche movement is is dying. I think people are starting to come to their senses to some degree. It's like, yeah, OK, yeah. That, I mean, the flat earth people literally proved that the earth was a globe um, multiple times. So at this point, it's just sort of an embarrassment. Um, but also, I think, you know, the whole idea of the quote unquote pandemic is uh, very much a part of, you know, the same sort of ideology that inhabits uh, Q people, you know, that there's the government, especially um, the elites, as they say, are, you know, sort of out to get you. Um, but, you know, to me, I think the thing that I, I always wonder when I when I see these things, you know, whether it be QAnon or, or any uh, any other conspiracy, what is the mo- the motive is never clearly expressed. It's just like, whoop, there are evil people. Like you said, there are the black hats over there. Yeah. But, yeah. But if you're going to yeah. do research, and I mean like the real type of research, what find out, try to find out if there could, even could be a motive for something like that. You know, I mean, um, I'm sure you could come up with one, but they don't. And I think that's, I think that's very much um, kind of a, a window into how incomplete these ideas are when you take them to task. Um, and that's why they don't do well debating people. <laughs> you know, I think the documentary actually showed that pretty well. Yeah. Once questioned on anything, they're like, oh, oh, yeah, I mean, you, you know, it's, uh, like they, they didn't really know what to say. Yeah, that's um, true. Which, I mean, it's not a shock, <laughs> you know, but. Well, but also in part because we have built a um, we've, we've built a world where that's OK. Uh, mm. You know, again, it's like it's like you're not like no atheist is ever going to convince a fundamentalist Christian that they're wrong mm. because it like we have allowed I just believe it and how dare you challenge my beliefs to be a normal and acceptable um, uh, answer to people. And that we're supposed to somehow um, not only validate that, but also give it some sort of um, a, uh, an intellectual preference, right? Like it, it gets like top, it gets like top ranking the, you can't question my religious beliefs. How dare you? Right. Like we as a culture allow that to be like, oh yeah, yeah, no, stay away. Like that's just rude. You shouldn't, you shouldn't, you shouldn't do that. Um, so in, you know, in part, we've 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 spent a very long time normalizing that idea yeah. um, because Q is something that the people who adhere to it, it is a religion for them. It is a, it is a literally, it is a cult. Um, it has all of the bearings and markings of a cult and a fundamentalist religion. And we should always think of it that way. Um, I also think that's where it's most helpful to understand kind of where it is now and where it's going to be going forward and why there's only a limited amount of usefulness to unmasking its origins, right? Um, but I still think it's useful. Um, yeah. But uh, again, um, I'll talk more about that at the end. Um, all right. So, so also going through, like, is there anything else that really kind of stood out to you? Um, I think thematically, uh, one of the things that I I tend to notice is uh, this idea that um, people are allowed to kind of throw something, uh, you know, toss it out as being 
potentially truthful if they don't understand it. It's like this idea that personal incredulity equals it's not true. Um, and so, you know, and I think a lot of that, you know, especially with like, uh, the, you know, the Pizzagate incident, you know, there, you know, uh, surfaced proof that that poor pizza place was mm-hmm. not housing anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and yet uh, a man still went there to, you know, quote unquote, save the children. Um, and the whole, just as a side note, the whole kind of takeover of that hashtag was, uh, it was, yeah, it was interesting to see the way that they covered in the documentary. Cause that was, uh, clever. Um, but also sad. Um, but yeah, I, 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 I'm kind of shocked by that. It's like, well, I don't get it. So therefore it must not be true. It's like, well, that you don't, you don't get to do that just because you don't understand how, you know, uh, the vaccine works doesn't mean that it, you know, like, do you know how big a microchip is? You know, like <laughs> it's, it's not going to fit in that syringe. Um, anyway, so, <laughs> you know, uh, it, yeah, we got nanotech now. It's, uh, it's, oh, all, it's yeah. all very secret. It's, yeah. it's dark stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. I mean, why not? It's, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, no, that wouldn't be expensive or impossible at all. I mean, <laughs> one of the things that I, uh, I think is actually pretty insightful and, and, um, this is something that's come up in a bunch of the stuff that I've, I've, uh, listened to and read and watched over the last year or so, um, in sort of, uh, studying the Q phenomenon. One of the things that I think, um, that, that Colin does really well in, in the film that has been alluded to again, but like never, never actually really, um, bared down on is the, significance and the sort of the weird history and the almost like i don't know mystical power of the letter q itself right this is this is like i think this is really actually a very important component that is under examined um one of the things that the the film does is first acknowledges that fred brennan um has a deep personal connection to the letter Q, right? Um, Fred Brennan is, is, is the founder of, of HN. He's, he's, uh, you know, he, 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 he lives with a disability and he, um, mm. his story is actually really interesting. One of the things he doesn't really talk that much about um, in the movie, which, which uh, illuminates a lot about his character in a, in a way that I think is um, kind of moving. Uh, yeah. One thing it doesn't talk about that I've heard him talk about in interviews is the way that as a person who is bound to uh, a wheelchair and has, um, you know, these, these brittle bones that will, that will break very, very easily um, is that he found a home on the internet at a young age and that yeah. he found this place where he could like live and be himself and develop a whole personality. And it kind of like saved his life. Right. Um, yeah. Which is, which is, which is pretty profound. And so, Anyway, he he gets in with the Watkins. Um, sort of where that is right now is still an ongoing, it's still an ongoing issue. But he's also like really into graphic design, and his favorite letter is Q. And 
one of the things that it messes with that the, the the documentary sort of flirts with early on is well is is fred behind q because he loves this letter and like someone sent him it turns out it was actually jim um a a letter q for him to like put in his uh, on his like mantle or whatever and yeah he's he's designed all these different fonts around q and he talks about how much he loves it as um a a versatile letter in in you know font design and all this sort of thing and rather than using that as evidence that he is somehow involved what it does is says like well actually there is something really kind of weird and cool about this letter like it's the most like elusive letter in the alphabet right it's the one that like we don't use it a lot uh but it, it it can be drawn a bunch of different ways and it like has this versatility in terms of the sound that it makes. And so like, you know, it's it, the letter itself has a kind of um, a, a mystical <laughs> air about yeah. it, right? That I think is actually really important. And when you think about like, you know, things like, I mean, you know, we, we we've talked about the Q source before, right? And Christianity yeah, yeah. And, and, and it, you know, it's, it's short for Quela, but, but, but it, we call it the Q source because it sounds cooler. Like that, that's really, yeah. that's why, that's why scholars do that. Right. We call it the Q source because it sounds cool. Uh, you know, yeah. Q in Star Trek, Q in James Bond. It's, and, and, yeah. and then, it, you know, and then he gets into um, the, the, uh, the, the Luther Blissett people, the, the French um, uh, sort of, performance art slash social activist group that uh wrote this book about this guy q who who very is very similar to um who q pretends to be on the internet and i think all of that stuff plays into the the originator of q's idea that that by presenting you know it could have been like top secret clearance patriot but it wasn't. It was Q clearance patriot. And I feel like there's more to the appeal and the mystique of that designation than mm. anybody prior to, um, to to this film has been able to um, really sort of expose, right? That, that, that there, it, it matters that it's the letter Q. Um, it, it's part of it's part of the the packaging, right? Um, and and the appeal. Yeah, even even the connection to the Q source alone is something that makes it really mystical. Um, I you know because that's anything that's sort of hard to quantify is I, I don't know I I guess appealing in some way. Um, the more mystery you can surround yourself with, I think the easier time you have with. Um, getting people to believe what you're saying. I mean, I, I think it's, uh, I don't know if it was uh, Eddie Izzard or uh, some comedian who talks about the idea that, you know, um, you know, these religions that are, or I guess we could fair, more fairly call them cults if you're talking about like Scientology or something like that. Um, but, you know, he's like, the, wh- how, how long ago was that? 40 years ago? 60 years ago? Oh, that's... You, you can't you, 500 years minimum or i'm not going to believe a word that you say you know it's got to right, be way right, back there right um yep. because that really adds to the i, I guess believability i mean just that it, it oh, it's like well it was 700 years ago who's to say <laughs> right. 
But if you found <laughs> plates in the ground in 1935, you know, like yeah. I don't, well, 1835, I don't know what yeah. yeah. but. but plates from <laughs> from many hundreds of years earlier, right? Mm. Like even Joseph Smith understood that that needed to be part of the con. That um, it the, the like Joseph Smith went out of his way to present the idea of antiquity um mm. that 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 the book of mormon and all these like found mormon documents were written in like what is it high egyptian or whatever the fuck it was i don't like i like but some like <laughs> bullshit made up language doesn't exist but it sounds good and it sounds old and it seems you know it it, it seems to bear the authenticity of, yeah. of of antiquity and you're absolutely right i think this is really important i i i don't i don't know if q could have been as successful Unless it took on that letter, because it gives it that same kind of heft. It, it's yeah. you know, like if if you say an angel came to me yesterday and had me just write this stuff down in 2021, and you're like, let's start a religion. Like no one's gonna, no one's gonna care if you yeah. found something in the ground that was buried a thousand years ago suddenly it's like whoa <laughs> that must be that was back when angels like what like i don't even like what is it what is it it's 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 but, but yeah as long as it seems like it's old right and, yeah. and this is you know this is true like this is true across this isn't just a thing that people in the in the religious world fall for there's a sense that the older a source is the more authentic it is like uh, yeah. i don't know if you ever watched like pawn stars on <laughs> oh, yeah. on, on on history channel but like one of the things that they keep saying that i love is like just because it's old doesn't make it valuable <laughs> <It's> like, yeah <laughs> and people have this assumption it's like i found this really old nail it's like 700 okay. <laughs> years old and it's like all right cool it's a fucking nail who cares like it's, it doesn't matter that it's old it doesn't give it any um in, in inherent value just because it's old but certainly playing to that idea yeah. um can be really powerful and effective yeah that's something that um you know in sort of in the car community we deal with all the time because people are like oh i have this you know uh, such and such vehicle from you know 1988 it's like so you know like that Ford I, yeah yeah you got a Ford Taurus good for you just because it's 40 years old doesn't mean shit you know and, and that uh it's funny because that's actually the same thing that I see with a lot of the conspiracy theorists is, is they they always reference the ancients you know it's it, people back 2000 years ago here's what they had to say it's like well yeah. why I mean I I understand that history is important and I understand that you know um, what the people who came before us said, we should definitely take into consideration what people wrote down. I mean, but some of it's bullshit. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, yeah. just a lot because of it's bullshit. most of it's bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> it's like, that's like, you're talking about the ancients. It's like, we didn't have a cure for polio until 19 something, whatever, you know, it's just like, why are you, <laughs> why are you taking their word for it? You know, um, it's true. It's like. Come on, folks! You know, just <laughs> get with the program. I yeah, I have a. It's it's so funny. I there there really there really is something about the passage of time that seems to lend almost it lends like credibility uh, to things. It's I you know, I mean there are there are philosophers today who are writing some great stuff like Dan Dennett and people and like. You know, we're not referencing them the way that we do like Nietzsche or something like right. that. Right. You know. Right. That's true. Yeah. 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 Well, I and I, look, there is there is some some degree of um 
you know, standing the test of time, I think, is important in some sense. Like, if someone yeah. says something now and it seems really smart, it might not six <laughs> months from now, it might not a year from now. But if it's right. st- it still seems smart in 50 years or 100 years, then like, okay, it, that does, like, the passage of time does, in fact, um, sometimes give important and insightful things right validity like if we look at um you know if you look at like the ancient greek philosophers and and scientists and like what they knew well in advance of now it's like oh that's that's cool like it's 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 impressive and important that you were able to um you know sort of observe this thing that was unobservable and and still kind of checks out like the idea of atoms just as a as a basic notion right which yeah. goes back a couple thousand years and it's like yeah that that checks like it scans it's it's what and so like you know maybe i'll look at the rest of the stuff that you said too because yeah. if, if you're that insightful then 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 sure so so it's not as though there's no relationship to the passage of time and the validity of ideas and we should just ignore it entirely. But it's the it's the it's the causation correlation fallacy, yes. right? That we keep that we keep falling for. And you know, it's really interesting too, because if you look at like the um where there's like an overlap between the Alex Jones conspiracy theory world and the QAnon conspiracy theory world. And, and you know, these two are at odds with each other because like Alex Jones hates QAnon because basically they stole all his shit, right? Um <laughs> No, that's why. Like he's yeah. losing money because Q, like a lot of the Q people have like have have gone in that direction, and Alex is right. like, no, I, you know, it's my version, and and come buy my vitamins. Um, <laughs> but but if you listen to Alex Jones, like one of the things that he is very particular about and insistent on is that this has been this this globalist conspiracy has been going on since the ancient world that that it's 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 a um it's a legacy that has been passed down through the ages right and it's it's for the very same reason if you say that the democrats came up with it 10 years ago right um it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't sink it doesn't 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 fit you have to you have to like say the knights templar were part of it the illuminati was part of it the masons are part of it. like it has to um it has to fit into the historical timeline it has and to that be a national it, treasure type of deal <laughs> exactly and that gives it more credibility just because it's old right and and um i i, I think i think that's i think that's what's going on here I, I i do think there's more to the the choice of q as the moniker than a lot of people have have really considered previously and i and i will give credit to 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 colin hoback for for unearthing that in a way that's not like um he's not throwing it in your face he's it's not he's not being like hey idiots right like think about this it's something that over the course of his documentary um sort of appears organically you're like oh this is deliberate like the choice of this letter is not just about validating a clearance level it is mm-hmm. it is this was selected in part to frame fred brennan right <laughs> but yeah. but 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 really to give it that sense of um of of mystique and 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 um, historical historical sort of gravitas uh that it wouldn't have otherwise yeah yeah i mean as i was as i was going through the um you know the the whole documentary and and kind of thinking about some of the stuff that they presented um i yeah it, it's definitely a as much as they say there's this sort of long standing you know sort of alex jones style conspiracy you know they going dipping back you know to the quote unquote ancients um the way that they're crafting the story is actually it, I mean, it is, 
I guess the only credit I would give Q and the whole QAnon type thing is that it was very well crafted. They knew how to um, sort of appeal to whatever weird sense of belonging that people want, and also they they must have understood some of the human psyche because it it, it it's fascinating how it how it grew and how some of these people just uh, you know like I remember when we looked at the whole web of stuff that gets connected to this just i don't know it's uh you mean the q map is that yes the q map yes yeah yeah just i don't know it uh i i i think there's an element to again one of the things that i i don't think is necessarily um elaborated on or or um dug that deep into um in the documentary is the fact of the Chans themselves and what they represent, right? 4chan and 8chan and 8kun, that they are a a, a sort of um, a a database of the the most base elements of human psychology. And it's almost as though what you're doing in creating that ecosystem is that you are inviting people in to um show you how their mind works right and i i do think that that is part of what explains the ability of um the 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 q collective whoever was behind it to understand how to reach people because what you have is a whole system that just where where people are just like nobody's watching nobody knows who you are what's your deepest darkest joke or meme or sense or belief like Mm. put it out there and you are you are tipping your hand you're you're unveiling the mask of um how the human psyche actually works right a lot of the people who express these um you know fascist uh you know pro-nazi whatever beliefs on um on the chans i guarantee you are not in real life marching with torches like i don't think these are the people who are at charlottesville i don't think yeah. those people need 4chan because they're okay being nazis in in in, in person right out and in so, the open yeah right in the open and so and so what you have here is almost like a um a way of getting people to voluntarily show you how to manipulate them right and i think that is part of the lead that's a little bit buried in all of this it's also, I think the the anonymity of it, and and just you know, like you said, like people, hey, come here and say the worst things that you have on your mind. It almost encourages them to think about what the worst things that they believe, or maybe maybe they don't even really believe. It. I think a lot of these people who who say some of the um, vile stuff that they say on these sites probably wouldn't consider ever voicing that or, or maybe even try to push it away if it's something mm-hmm. that is actually in their brain, but because it's there's, there is a place and there is encouragement, they're going to dig and find it. Um, and I worry that that actually sort of encourages it to become, um, you know, a more prominent part of their, um, you know, the, their self, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like there's a, there's a, there's a, a radicalization kind of um, feedback loop that goes on. Yeah, especially, yeah. you know, this idea that there are so many people who agree with me 
it's like, well, do they really? Or, or, or just in this instance where they can hide right. quite literally behind a computer screen. It's not even like you have a fake username. You don't have, I mean, you know what I mean? It's, it's so many steps away. Um, cause I don't, I don't know. I mean, it's just like, it, it's a much grander version of what happens on Facebook. You know, you could have a, an argument through social media, even if it is your name and your face in the picture. Um, it would, it would, it, you know, be experienced differently if you were face to face for sure. Um, I think everyone's experienced to, you know, that reality at this point, you know, I don't know how you couldn't have, um, but yeah, but that, that part I think is what's distressing to me. Um, and I'm, you know, I'm obviously, I would say, I, I do like, uh, Brennan's sort of believes on or beliefs on free speech, but then, you know, I like the idea that, you know, um, you, ha- you have to be responsible for what you say. Right. You know, like you, you right. can't, you can say it, That that doesn't mean that People won't, you know, you won't lose your job. People won't hate you. You know, like those are consequences of <laughs> saying whatever you want. I mean, that's, I think society in, in some way insulates that, um, insulates us from that because to coexist yeah. together, we have to shut up sometimes, you know? Yeah. And, if, I mean, if everybody, if everybody is shouting fire in a crowded theater, you know what I mean? Like mm. that, <laughs> Yeah. like does that, cause that really is what the chans are. Right. Like mm. it, it is everybody shouting fire in a crowded theater. And um, yeah, I mean, it's interesting because, you know, Brennan, over the course of uh, filming that documentary and, and from where he was a few years ago to now, um, his his stance on First Amendment absolutism is uh, changed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. because he he has seen that he has been the victim of it. Although, And, and what's what's really interesting, though, is that he in the Philippines, like he had to leave the Philippines because they don't have an absolutist view, view of the first amendment. And, yeah. and, and, and Jim Watkins fucking almost had him go to prison for the rest of his life because he said something bad about him on the internet. Like it's, it's a, you know, and he's just yeah. obviously a, a complete, I mean, both he and his son are, 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 I, I'm, I'm not a psychologist, so I can't diagnose them, but like, I, I'm I'm fairly certain that Ron Watkins is a sociopath, and I don't know what Jim Watkins is, but certainly yeah. someone without any ability to feel shame and 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 have any um, any sense of uh, any sense of standard. I guess that's like clinical narcissism. I don't think that's a stretch to say that, but um, yeah, it's really interesting. I mean, he becomes he ends up being a victim of a lack of free speech and having to leave but then also is like also fuck absolutist free speech like it just doesn't work and uh it's gonna get people killed um but you know i think the jury's still out on that like i don't i don't even know where i stand on that issue yeah i mean well because you know there obviously the the idea that anything that is inciting violence is not protected speech i think people forget that because mm. and, or maybe they don't understand what actually is inciting violence because well the supreme court doesn't either right it's like yeah. it's still that is that is obviously a murky issue and that's the whole point of sort of um of 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 pro first amendment free speech mm. um advocacy groups is that they're you know they're like challenging what is and isn't inciting violence it's not always easy to determine that um and if yeah. you even look at the look at look at trump's second impeachment and it was basically about that very issue right yeah. it was like how how like 
what were were there words you can isolate in that speech that directly connect to the people who then stormed the Capitol and tried to kill the vice president and the Speaker of the House and the um, the Senate Majority Leader? Like, is there a direct line there? And at the end of the day, like, you know, I I don't think you can say that yes, there was because if Trump is smart about one thing, it's about how to not get himself in legal trouble or just skirt that line, which he's been doing for his entire life, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's really interesting. Like, it's really interesting to watch the impe- the 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 whole um, House impeachment presentation and the second impeachment under that lens of like, yeah, of course he incited a riot. But like, how do you point to that? Like, where where, where do you say like this is the these are the words that did it? Uh, you know, unless he had said this, can we prove that these people wouldn't have been? stealing nancy pelosi's laptop and 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 and, you know and and breaking windows and shit like it's it's hard well it's also it's important because it 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 was trump too i think that's the thing because of his connection i mean you know i i know he sort of skirted around it and the documentary showed that he was very you know he wasn't going to confirm or deny you know anything about QAnon. he was just like oh they they like me so that's all i have to say um But because of his, you know, even involuntary involvement in that movement, you know, him saying anything is important because he's, you know, whether that was something that he desired or not, um, you know, he was sort of their, their, you know, angelic leader. And, you know, had it been uh, Mike Pence or, you know, some other random person, Mitt Romney saying any of that stuff, would it have caused the same thing? I, I, I doubt it, actually. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, does your level of influence and power uh, impact your culpability for uh, saying things and, and, and inciting things? And um, yeah, I don't think we have an answer for that question. Yeah. Well, and it, I mean, obviously, I, I, I know it's murky and I know if the Supreme Court doesn't know, I don't claim to know that I do. But, um, <laughs> but you know, uh there, I think there are clear distinctions that that at least sometimes we make. Like, you know, like I've heard because if you just say like I don't know, let's just say you're a Nazi, that's not really a fun thought. But you know, um, you know, you say, oh, you know, okay, you're during World War II or whatever. It's like I hate the Jews. Okay, fine. I guess that would be protected under free speech. But if you say that the Jews are all of represent all of the problems with Germany and therefore need to be you know, whatever, even if you just say they represent, I mean, I think that could be something where you argue that's inciting something because you're saying, Hey, this group of people is the reason for these bad things. So therefore the natural connection that you would make would be to say, Oh, well better get rid of those people then. Right. And I, and I think that at least with that stuff, it's uh, to me, it seems like we can dive in and sort of discover, but you, like you said, Trump's really careful about that and and i think a lot of a lot of politicians are and um you know it can be tough to to really determine whether or not what they said is truly the cause of that violence um there's also a matter of how many avenues of activism are open to you so for instance if if trump had given that speech before the election and said so go out and vote for me so that the you know america hating uh socialist cheating democrats like don't take power it would be different but but you know it's it's like you can say republicans are responsible for all of the ills of the country so go and get them out of office right and you can hold a rally and say that 
but if if the elections already happened and been decided and the only reasonable course of action as it was on January 6th is to overthrow the republic right then <laughs> it's different right Th- those words those words have have different um impact because of the the number of avenues open to the people to whom they are being addressed right it's it's uh yeah uh, it's very con- I, I i luckily have a phd in law from georgetown so you know it's um <laughs> I, I i i can speak to these to these issues um i don't uh, okay so <laughs> I want to before we yeah. finish this. I want to I want to talk about the what what the big the whole like point of this thing is and the reason why when the last episode aired, everybody on social media was like, "Holy shit! Uh, I can't believe you did that," uh, et cetera, et cetera. And so, what <laughs> what the sort of climax of this whole thing is, and and the big uh, thing that Colin's able to do that that no one else has been able to do is effectively get. Ron Watkins to admit that he is Q. Yeah, um, a little smile. Yeah, in in I would say no uncertain terms. I mean, it's, there certainly is uncertain terms, but um, it is uh, it's conclusive. I don't think anybody can look at that and um, see any other evidence. And you know, the, the thing is that that the whole documentary builds up to that anyway. Like he he's constantly uncovering um a lot of the circumstantial evidence that a lot of other people have pointed to over the last year or so yeah. that, that ron Rock, Watkins was cute but he gets him to admit it right and that is kind of the um the end game of the documentary um how much do you think that matters in the long run i don't know i you know i think right now or i, I don't know if i mean we're only what four months out from you know what happened at the capitol five months out i think that if this documentary does anything to kind of dismantle the mythic qualities that q was able to to garner over the last you know three four years whatever it was um the idea that it's just code monkey is very uh, i think takes takes a lot away from that i mean there were a lot of instances, at least in the last two episodes, before that moment happened. And I know it's still technically inconclusive, but it, that to me, it was just like, well, of course it's him. You know, um, after the moment where, what was it? that They didn't even have the site online totally and Q was posting. I was like, come on. You know, that's... <laughs> Who else would that be? You know, um, if uh, if other users can't post, technically Q would have to be a user, I would guess. But um, I I don't know. It's just. Uh, but do I think it matter? I mean, I think I would I would have to say yes. But I think also, you know, at this point, um, I don't know if it's going to matter to those people because they don't respond to truth. Do you know what I mean? There's this idea that it kind of like uh, the 5347 thing, you get a little number. It's very Nostradamus-esque. You know, you get a little number um, or something, some grain of, of potential truth. People see it and then they fit it into, after the fact, they fit it into the course of events and say, look at that. Um, so even if there was definitive proof that uh, Ron Watkins was Q and was Q the whole time, um, I I don't think that that would register with anybody yeah. who's part of that for everyone else. Maybe, maybe it would prevent people from joining, you know, yeah. the cult, but yeah. I don't think it would get anybody to leave. And I think that's the sad part about it. I think I basically agree with everything you just said. I, I, um, 
this is my one like I'm very torn about how I feel about this element of of the series because I think it really does matter that he was able to unmask Ron Watkins for the first time. Um, I also am this is really not to do with the documentary itself, but rather the, um, the, the, the responses that I saw on social media, on Twitter from, from, you know, people who are on, you know, our side, right? Like not, not like Q influencers, um, from people who were like, Oh, we finally figured out who the guy is. And, and I'm like, I, I am really a little hesitant to buy into this Ron Watkins Q narrative because I just, again, I don't think, that matters all that much. Um, it, you know, if I can use an analogy, right, um, it would be like, if you look at the fact that the Catholic Church has has taken Genesis and said, oh yeah, it's it's a metaphor, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. we, we embrace Genesis as, as, as metaphorical and not, not literal. Symbolic. It's not like, you know, Genesis isn't literally true, and so the whole religion falls apart, right? It, it, it's it's that it's that kind of thing. Mm. In fact, like I think the, the the most useful analogy, again, go back to the protocols when Hitler and Goebbels and Henry Ford and the rest of them knew that the protocols were a forgery. They knew it was. Um, it, it, it was, I mean, it's, it's so obviously made up, but they, they, like they, they knew it, but they also all alluded to the fact that it had a kind of spiritual truth to it, like an underlying, like it's clearly, this is not an actual discussion among Jews who are trying to take over the world, but the fact that Jews are trying to take over the world is well reflected in this forgery that is created. And I kind of like the preoccupation to me with, with Ron is kind of that in my mind, right? That it's like, we are so obsessed as people who are worried about Q, who are, you know, not especially fond of Trump or whatever. We're so obsessed with like, once we unmask the villain, then the whole thing unravels. And I think you can look to every major dangerous conspiracy driven narrative in history and see that that's not true. Um, so, so that's sort of, you know, the thing that I think is most impressive about what he does in the movie is also the thing I think that's least useful, um, which is that like, yeah, we know Ron is Q. Like we know he's been posting as Q and it doesn't change anything. Um, yeah. it, it just, it just verifies the way that this sociopath was able to leverage a whole bunch of shit that was already there and repackage it and create a cult and watch the world burn. And that's all he wants to do. Right. It's 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 one hundred percent fucking Alfred in, in the Batman movie, right? <laughs> Ron Watkins is one of those people. He yeah. he says in the in, in the series, I, I prefer the villains because they're more interesting. Um he just wants to 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 watch the world burn and he's doing it again. And like this is in, in, in the Arizona recount thing, he's doing it again. He is serving as the quote unquote expert on these machines because he read the instruction manual and that makes him an expert on this shit. And they're, the, the, the GOP in Arizona is using him as their, their, their technician guy, their, their, their technical expert. And, you know, both, both Fred and, uh, and, and Colin have, have been pointing out on social media that like, 
the way that he writes is Q. It's the same fucking thing. Like it's just yeah. now it's just Code Monkey again, uh, but it's the same thing. And so I I just am kind of like Frederick Brennan's um, Twitter profile right now, like the second line of his profile just says arrest Jim and Ron, or at least make what they did illegal. Right. <laughs> it's like, yes, we should do that. Like these people are a danger to human civilization and need to be removed and need to be arrested and need to be stopped. Um, I, I think that's really, really important. I just, I worry that again, so many of my sort of, you know, lefty liberal intellectual friends and people that I follow on social media and, and his podcasts I listen to and whatever, I just think they don't quite understand that it doesn't matter that we found out that Ron Watkins is Q. It doesn't change anything. There was a Save the Children rally in Los Angeles last week. It it, it doesn't, like, none of the underlying... Mm. Um, uh, you know, convictions of the Q cult changes just because they can overlook the fact that he's like, oh yeah, maybe he was fake, but at the same time, everything he said was real. And it doesn't, I mean, at the end of the day, it still wouldn't even matter. I mean, whether or not they, they might not even buy into it. Like I said, I mean, there's just, I think that they, in the documentary, they showed really well that what happens with these people is that you show them something is not true. Um, you know, some type of irrefutable evidence and they go, well, I don't believe your evidence. Um, right. Whatever your right. source is, is bullshit <laughs> or it's part of the, you know, the, the, you know, the crazy media narrative, fake news or whatever it is. It's uh, the cabal. It's just, you know, they, they don't yeah. have to pay attention to reality. And I think that's what's most dangerous about it, is that they disconnect from it completely and thus can't be convinced otherwise because evidence doesn't matter. Um, and that's, yeah, you know, that, that's, that's kind of where I, what I was feeling when I finished episode six, I was like, ugh. The other thing that I think is so interesting about that series is the way that it dispels. And like one of the things that's driven me nuts about a lot of, again, other um, investigations in the queue is like, they take seriously the idea that it's like Mike Flynn or it's, um, it's, uh, you know, uh, not Paul Manafort, the other one, um, um, Steve Bannon, right? Yeah. And, and like, and and the way that like Ron framed Steve Bannon in like pretty rude, <laughs> like dumb, rudimentary ways, right? That are like really easy to do. And again, it's part of that thing where it's like if you take seriously the idea that it's Steve Bannon, then I don't really know that you understand what's going on here because like someone like Steve Bannon is at once too smart and too stupid to be Q, right? Where it's like he. He, he wouldn't waste his time doing that sort of thing. Like he's above that sort of thing, but also he's just not intelligent enough to like manipulate human beings in that way. Yeah. Um, and I feel like even the notion that it could have been Steve Bannon or, or Flynn, I mean, Flynn is, is a, is a Q cultist, right? He's, he's, he's taken the oath. He yeah. is all about the, 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 he's, he's certainly leveraged it right as part of his own disinformation campaign and his own working with the Russians that's different but like he's not smart enough to to or tech savvy enough right or young enough to know how to manipulate people on the internet the way that the way that q did and so you know i i'm kind of glad that he brought it up and then shot it down right because i really feel like that's something that a lot of people who are sort of only um only have a rudimentary understanding of the whole q phenomenon they give way too much credit to. And I'm like, no, it's not fucking Steve Bannon. Like it just, you, this is not, <laughs> these are different mindsets. These are different worlds entirely. Um, Steve Bannon just doesn't have the, 
psychological manipulation abilities to 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 pull something like that off and um i wouldn't try it but you know i i i also like I think what's so interesting about sort of where we are right now is there seems to be like the, the magical thinking idea that we can just do X and then Y will happen, right? Like we can solve Q by revealing who Ron is um, or that Ron is Q is the flip side of that same coin of like, we can solve all the world's problem by exposing the cabal who are kidnapping children for a dream. Yeah. Home. Right. It's, it's, and it's like, I'm really, that kind of skews me out a little bit. Like I, I'm, I'm really tired of seeing smart people, just be like, aha, problems like mystery solved. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, Cullen. We did it. Like we figured out who Q was and now we can all go home. And it's like, no, that's not, that is not how conspiracy cults work. No. Um, how many times have we debunked the JFK assassination? Like it's how many times have we debunked the moon landing thing? It just, oh, yeah. it's not about that. Uh, there's, there's, you know, it will endure. Yeah. There's far more to it. And it's and it's emotional too for a lot of people. It has it? I, I mean, I, I it just hasn't and has nothing to do with facts. And that's that's what's scary about it. Yeah. How do you argue that? You know, it's like I've always I've always uh, kind of joked with um, some of my students. I'm like, look, you know, if um, you know if you're a devout Christian, um, don't try to convince someone of your belief using the Bible because they, you know, that same tenant applies that you, you're not using, if, if you don't believe in God, <laughs> why would you take what it says in the Bible? Why would that be convincing to you? It wouldn't. It's a silly right. way to go about it. Now, if you're an atheist and you want to try to, uh, you know, uh, convince a Christian that God doesn't exist or that, you know, their religion is, is bullshit or something, then sure, use the Bible, <laughs> you <Right>. know, because <laughs> they buy into that. Um, right. And I, I think that that's kind of what's going on here is it's just, you know, like revealing that it was Ron or that it was uh, the other guy is, is not, you know, it's using the Bible to convince an atheist of something, you know, and it's just not going to be effective. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like saying, you know, well, we went to space and God wasn't out there. So I guess you guys can <laughs> yeah. put your Bibles down now. And like... <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there was no the dome after all. <laughs> Yeah, the firmament yeah, doesn't yeah, exist, yeah. folks. It's, you know? it's, no, it's a, it's a, it's a really important analogy. It's it's these are not these are not debunkable things. There is a deprogramming and a um, a serious uh, reevaluation of the way that we've built our civilization that needs to be addressed here, and that that's hard. And uh, yeah, you got You got You got You got to be willing to do that work. I mean, it's the same. You know, it's 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 the same thing with the whole. Um, you know police violence thing that's happening it's not just like you can't just like change the way that police officers are trained and and do away with hundreds of years of entrenched and and you know deeply ingrained uh psychological racism that like permeates through our country you're not just going to be like well we just change the way they're trained and then everything will stop being bad and it's like nope that's that's a fine idea like sure let's work on the training but like if you're looking to solve the problem right like unmasking ron is a good thing let's put him in fucking prison but like that (laughs) we are then left with one million other problems that we need to solve that are far more um you know far more difficult than than just that yeah yeah everything runs a little deeper Uh, (laughs) like a lot deeper yeah (laughs) 
but if you haven't seen Into the Storm, uh, I, I think we both agree. Like, yeah, watch it. It is um, it is it is must see. Um, and if you are watching it, what <laughs> I wrote in all caps. Sorry, while we wrote I was... it for you. Yeah. Well, no, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One of the things I wrote down was why are so many of these people missing teeth? And, uh, <laughs> it was That's such a. There were so many of them. I was there like, were. That's true. Why did these, a lot. Do these do conspiracy theorists not brush their teeth at night? They don't have I mean, time, man. They're doing so much research. It's like, oh, you know. I know. <laughs> research. As someone who's been oh. to college, I can tell you that when you're yeah. researching, like, you know, pulling those all nighters, you got yeah. brushing your teeth just doesn't really come into the. Uh, yeah, except we were, you know, reading picture. theologians and wow. philosophers and not just going on YouTube <laughs> and like, hey, what does Jerry 6Y7 have to say about this? You know. But still didn't have time to brush your teeth. It's too, you know, yeah. That's that's the key point here. Uh, <laughs> not, not not that we were reading Descartes and Saint Augustine. Yeah. It's yeah. Uh, all right. Anyways, um, where where can people find your your car thing? Uh, it is uh, uh underscore valiant underscore effort. I think that's two underscores in there. Oh, valiant effort, and it's spelled E F F E R T, which is you know uh weird i mean it, i guess maybe that helps helps you find us easier because it's good for SEO. yeah nobody else yeah. Is gonna, yeah 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 so Smart. um yeah and we have hats i mean if you go to our youtube channel which is just type in a valiant effort the wrong way which is the right way for us but <laughs> e-f-f-e-r-t and uh we've got a little etsy store so if you want to buy a hat or a t-shirt go for it nice um Oh, and actually, uh, so hey, maybe maybe we'll have a new theme to your show at some point because who knows? Bugs in the Corner might have an album out by the end <gasps> of the year. That's so, exciting. Yeah, because uh, Casey and I are both uh, we're both vaccinated now, so we're like, hey, you know, maybe we can uh, try to start recording again and uh, getting back out there. So, but we're playing it by ear, you know. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. That would be fun, though. Yeah. So. Cool. Well. This was very yeah. depressing. Uh, it, it was. <laughs> I, I enjoy being on, and yet all of the time, all the times I've been on, we've talked about usually. I'm gonna have to find um, some really fun topic to for, for you to come and talk about. It's, yeah, I'm sure, yeah, well, up, I'm sure there are some. Most more. of history kind of depressing. That is true. That is true. But yeah, thanks for having me on again. I, I do. I do enjoy. Good it. to have you back. Uh, thank you guys for listening. We'll see you next time.